Welcome to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. I'm your host, Suze Chadwick, certified business and mindset coach, author, and speaker. Each week, we'll be talking about simple but powerful business and mindset strategies that will help you build a lean, clean, and profitable business so you can learn to get out of your own way and pay yourself more. Forget average, it's time to level up. Hey, lovely. Welcome back to the podcast 2024. Let's go. I was really excited to have this interview, conduct this interview and share this with you. I love Haley and Katie from Oh My Digital. I follow them on socials where they're always giving updates on what's happening on the different platforms, things to think about. So, I knew that when I wanted to talk about 2024 trends and what's coming up and things that we need to know when it comes to the social sphere and marketing that I wanted to have them on the podcast. I actually had them on the podcast back in 2021 where they did a similar episode. So maybe we'll just make it like an annual thing where they'll be my January guest to let you know what's going on. So this is such a juicy episode. There is so much goodness, so many things to be aware of, to take note of so that you can utilize the tools that you've got, but also have a strategy that works. So very excited to share this episode with you. As I'm releasing this, I think that I'm still on holiday, maybe. <laughs> but listen, if you do not know Haley and Katie and Oh My Digital, they help disruptors and purpose-driven businesses stand out, make an impact and profit with great digital marketing backed by a cheer squad of besties. They've got over 14 years combined marketing experience and they mix book smarts with street smarts for a brand experience that's totally fetch. <laughs> I love it. So, so good. We talk about Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, overarching marketing strategies, uh, and the things that you need to know. So, I know that you're going to love this episode. Now, before we dive in, I just want to remind you that if you are looking for support to build your personal brand, if you're a coach, consultant, you've got a service-based business, maybe an agency, and you're looking for a mastermind for 2024 for the next 12 months, then make sure you head over to suschadwick.com forward slash Amplify and come and join us in the Amplify Mastermind. I'm super excited for everything that we're doing this year. It's all about getting the support that you need and having those next level conversations and an amazing community around you for a longer period of time yeah where we have deeper conversations and have really honest conversations so that you can grow your business in the way that you want so make sure you head over there check it out I would love to have a chat with you and see if it's the right thing for you Uh, just DM me at Suze Chadwick on Instagram if you've got any questions as well. But listen, without further ado, let's dive into this week's episode. Hayley and Katie, oh my digital girls, welcome back to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. We're so excited to be here. Well, I was just saying that I think the last time was probably... 2020 maybe I will have your last episode in the show notes but I always think of you when I'm like all right I need the trends I need to like inform my audience about what's going on in the social sphere and because I'm always catching your updates on did you see the latest release from Instagram (laughs) on whatever platform I'm like well obviously I'm gonna ask you ladies to come on the podcast and talk all things social 2024. (laughs) Thank you we do definitely take pride in keeping up to date with what's going on it's actually just like a it's become a hobby of ours really it's it's more of like a passion more than anything so yeah it's a bit sad but it's true. (laughs) It's not sad we love it because none of us can keep up with what is going on there's like changes and updates and shifts and all the rest of it so I would love to know what has 2023 been like for you? How have you found it? What have you maybe seen as some of the big shifts or moments in 2023? 
I think the biggest thing I would say, even just on a macro level, is that it's been a year of a lot of unpredictability. And I know we're all really tired of hearing that, but even just the conversations we've been having with clients, you know, I know every industry is different, but we've really been feeling it even across retail and across professional services as well. You know, 2020 felt easy compared to 2023, I think, for for a lot of us, like out of the conversations we've been having. So it's definitely been a year where I think it maybe like snuck up on us a little bit how difficult it might have been. I think we were all expecting it to be, you know, things are quite back to normal now, you know, things are going to be a bit more consistent and predictable and it just kind of smacked us in the face. So, um. We definitely felt that we feel like we've definitely come out on top at the end of the year, but it was really, I know for us personally, a big year of really reassessing what we're doing, which, you know, you should always do sort of on an annual basis, but really having to, you know, step back, look at what you're doing, make some tweaks, really get back in touch with your audience and what they're wanting from you. Um, because that is just always sort of shifting and changing. And I feel like it's shifted a lot as well this year. So I was just about to ask you, like with that, I feel like I kind of lumped 2020 through to 2022 in a bit of a, I don't know even what, we're hot mess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dumpster fire. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but now this year, like what was it about kind of getting back in touch with your audience? Do you I think that there was a massive marketing shift this year and I'm like, was I just asleep in 2022 and I missed it and I'm only just kind of realising it this year? Like what did you see or feel as far as the way people are marketing and the things that happened in 2023? Yeah, I think there's been a really big shift in terms of what people expect from brands. I think that in 2020 and 2020, you know, through that that whole period mm. of 2022 period, we started to see consumers expect more from brands, but they weren't quite sure how, you know, they wanted them to show up. At the time, it was in the form of customer service because obviously um, processes, systems, um, you know, the way that customer service was uh you know, had to be done, had to change because the world was changing. Um, you weren't able to just necessarily work, walk into a shop and get face-to-face contact. So a lot of businesses had to adapt and adjust to that. So I think with that, a lot of consumers have raised their standards as to what they expect from brands. And with that has come like a new age of expecting more from businesses. And I think that's sort of maybe what has come the back, like what's sort of happening now is that um, that level of standard is just continuously um you know, getting higher and higher. And I think too with the younger generations coming through as well, um, with you know, Gen Z and um even like the younger ones again, they are much more mindful consumers and they have, you know, much more um uh thoughtful consumer behavior um as well into like buying habits and things like that as well. So they demand more from their parents. So they're kind of they, you know, are looking to purchase more from, you know, ethically sustainable brands or from um brands that actually live out their values. So I think a lot has changed from even that, just those people, you know, that that um generation have kind of aged up a little bit and they've had to grow up quite quickly um because you know their their conditions have changed as well. But I think there's been like a lot of a lot of change. Um, and yeah, I guess everyone's had to really, as businesses have had to change and adapt. And it, we've seen a lot of businesses closing down this year, um, which has been really sad and really, really devastating to see, um, because they haven't been able to keep up with the demand, um, which is really, yeah, really sad. So a couple of things in there as a parent, I'm like, mm-hmm. what the actual is going <laughs> on? I've got a 13 year old and they are all obsessed with Mecca. They like, I'm like, I go to Sephora. They're like, yeah, no, Sephora doesn't have the brands. And I'm just like, what is going on? And they're like flushed with cash. And like, I mean, we don't, I don't give my kids a lot of pocket money, but like presents and like the amount of money that's flowing through a younger gen. I'm like, I don't even think I had five bucks when I was 13, but it's it's just really conscious. Like they're yeah. really conscious with their buying habits and they're, they're so much more than what we were. We might have made a lot of smaller purchases when we were that age, whereas they're holding on to their money and choosing to invest in brands that they love or choosing to, you know, they're really like thinking everything through. It's a really different mindset. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like brand 
like brands as a whole, they're so much more conscious of it. Like my daughter reels off brands and I'm like, I have no idea who you're talking about. And it's just, yeah, it's just very interesting to watch their buying habits as well. For businesses that went, brands that went out of business, what do you think it was from your perspective that where did they stumble? What happened? Look, I think, I mean, of course, oh, there's so many factors that go into it. I feel like the one I really noticed is just that we're all so overwhelmed and tired. And like Haley said as well, like being much more conscious of what we're buying. I just feel like it's very much less is more now for consumers. Like we're not spending willing, you know, especially with the cost of living as well. Like that already makes it harder, but they're just isn't room for lackluster brands anymore. Like if that, you know, ever was in the past, but now in particular, um, you just can't compete unless you're really offering something that people really need. That's really solving a problem. That's really valuable. Um, and that can stand out. And that's absolutely not to discourage anyone that's starting their business, but just really make sure that you have that important mission and those values that, actually you know make what you're doing really important to the world and it's going to work out um if you're really offering something of value but you know I think a lot of the time there's a lot of businesses where they're in a really saturated market Mm. not doing anything particularly different uh and it's just going to be really really difficult for you to compete in this environment more than ever I I feel would you add anything to that Hayley yeah, so the only other thing I'd probably add to that too is, and we keep saying this and we're going to keep saying it, is that everyone keeps saying that Instagram is dead and um, this is the hill that I will die on, that it is not dead. It's just that people, the way people are using it is probably they're still using it like it was being used in 2020 and they're not adapting to how people are using it now. So, again, people's behaviour has changed. So how they're even using Instagram has changed. Um, they've released a lot of information. The head of Instagram even came out and said that people don't tag people in the comments anymore um people tend to share posts directly through the dms they tend to have a lot of direct message conversations and that tends to be where people interact now and often people don't like each other's posts they don't comment on each other's posts anymore and it's not a personal thing it's just the way that people are interacting now so they're more likely to share a post with someone that they like than they are to actually even interact with the post so while everyone's going my engagement's down it's all terrible Mm. they're probably not necessarily looking at the right the right metrics and they're probably not updating their you know their call to actions or they're not updating their strategy to be in line with what's working now so for example um we have been using a automation tool called ManyChat, which encourages people to drop a comment in the um the comment section and that will automatically send them whatever the call to action is it will automatically send them all the information they could possibly need directly to their inbox so they don't have to do another thing so instead of going and searching through the bio and trying to find the right link and trying to find the offer that they so desperately want to snap up but it's just way too hard to find it in amongst all the other links it's directly being sent to them and then they can reply if they have any other questions so i think the way people are using instagram is just a like it's shifting and i think those people who aren't keeping up um are really struggling to find any momentum on the app and then they're sort of saying it's dead and it's not working for them and um and that's where a lot of those businesses are suffering because they might have it might have worked in 2020 because it was very different back then um strategies were different you could post and get a lot of engagement or you could post to get a bunch of sales but it's just not that easy anymore so yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I just saw it. Many chats been around for ages. I mean, I remember emceeing an event years ago and we were talking about many chat then. I think it was like 2019, 2020. And so, but I really feel like I saw it come into full effect this year, especially on Instagram. I follow, like I see Jenna Kutcher and Amy Porterfield and that, and I see them using it a lot. So I've definitely seen the rise of it. As far as I feel like that was good news for my listeners because a lot of my community are like, nothing is happening on Instagram anymore. Nobody like that. There's no engagement. Is it worth it? And so when we think about content moving forward, um, obviously things like say many chat are great. What else, what other, because you were saying looking at, you know, the right analytics and and still getting, you know, good results out of Instagram, what are some of the strategies or things that we need to start doing and thinking about? 
Yeah, I definitely think prioritizing DMs a lot more. Like we talk to so many businesses and they're like, oh, I post and I put all this effort into my posts and then no one engages with me. And I'm like, but how much time are you spending engaging with other people? You know, know, I know we talk about it all the time, but just ask yourself whether you are really like putting in what you want to get out as well, because that's a huge thing for us. You know, we're always keeping in touch with people and just genuinely wanting to have those conversations and that's where the relationships come in. And then that's where that eventually turns into sales. And remember to actually reply to your customers in the DMS as well. Like don't leave them hanging for ages. And that's, and you know, another thing you can do with many chat, like just having those options there that people can just send you and get an automated reply so that they can keep moving through that buying process even if you're not physically there, but, you know, remember to reply to them, have those conversations with them. Even if it's just getting on and replying to stories, you know, I say to, especially coaching clients, sometimes like if you're really struggling to post uh, or you don't have time or you're overthinking it or whatever, just spend time replying to stories and connecting with people. You'll get so much more out of that than you might from posting more anyway. So replying to other people's stories? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the algorithm actually prioritizes that. You'll often find that when you start having a direct message conversation that that person's stories will start popping up in, at the top of your your list and, and the same thing will happen to them as well. So the more you are engaging with people's stories, the more and, and spending time direct messaging people, the more you're going to be seen. So. And Hayley, I want to ask a question around that because I think people get stuck on this is like, mm. what do you mean by DMing? And I don't mean as in what is a DM. It's like, so somebody who hasn't started a conversation with me, I'm just going to go start a conversation with them. Is that what I'm supposed to do? Like, what does it mean to do that? Yeah, totally. So we always really talk about, you know, only starting a conversation if it comes from like an authentic place and not just engaging for the sake of engaging, because it's really obvious when someone's just putting up an emoji or, or replying something that's really generic and they're, they're sort of just doing it to tick a box and say that they've done it for the day. Um, so we always recommend, you know, don't just reply to a story for the sake of doing it. But if you see that somebody has uploaded something that you really resonate with, or you think that, you know, you really want, you want to congratulate them on whatever it is that they're launching, you think it's a really cool offer and you want to know more about it, even if it's to share it with your network, um, little things like that. So, Starting a conversation from a place of genuine interest is always the best place. And if you feel like you're not, um, you don't have a genuine interest in whatever it is that they're sharing, then I'd recommend moving on because it's going to be quite obvious um, in that conversation and it will feel forced. So, yeah. Yeah. And are you doing Yeah, it does. I mean, are you doing, so are you only ever responding? Like are you ever doing where you're the first one reaching out in the DMs to somebody that you're not in a current conversation with. So say an old follower, people who follow you, uh, is there anything around DM strategies of re-engaging people who you may not be in conversations with? What if it was relevant? But again, you know, it's not really something we overthink. We don't necessarily have like a set out, you know, checklist of what we do, but we really just use it as we would you know, checking in with people on any other platform, to be honest. So if it was someone who, say, was commenting on a few of our posts and we could tell they were really stuck with something and they might need our help, then we might reach out to them and go, oh, by the way, um, you should check out this tool or whatever. It could really help you, you know? Yeah. Being genuine with it. If you have something that can help them, reach out. If you think they might need your help in the form of some kind of service or product that you have, then sure, like reach out and share it with them. There's no harm in doing that. But again, just if you already have some kind of reason to do that. But we honestly, the way we use social media is it's more just, it sounds cheesy, but it's more about like giving than it is about taking. We don't necessarily go on there being like, oh yeah, we're going to get some leads and we're going to sell to people today. We're really just there to hang out, have a good time, meet cool people. You know, we're constantly, um, you know, chatting to people and going, oh, hey, you should come along to this networking event we're going to. You really like it. Um, Just things like that. Like it's just about creating that community and creating that network. And then when people are ready to buy from you, they will come to you because they'll remember you or Mm -hmm. when their friend needs you, they'll mention you. Like that's where it comes in. So Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like if you really want to go hard with your sales, you can be a bit more um, strategic and a bit more structured with it. But to be honest, for us, it's just kind of something that 
flows organically. So I would say like get more comfortable with it by just looking at who are you following? Are you actually following people that are maybe a potential customer or someone who could recommend you, someone that's relevant for your industry? You know, start with maybe responding to stories and things like that when they're relevant to get more comfortable with it. And then you'll sort of just find yourself having those conversations, I suppose, is what I would say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good. Okay, awesome. So was there anything else in 2023 that we need to just touch on before we move into 2024? Like were there any were there any surges by any particular platforms, anything that kind of rose to the top? I feel like, um, and I know you probably agree, Katie, but I feel like that with all the rise of AI and ChatGPT, that it brought about a real shift as well in terms of demand and, um, again, customer expectations. I know that we felt it and I don't know, um, we know that a lot of other of our friends who have digital products as well felt it as well, that the demand for lower ticket items that are potentially things that you could create now on chat GPT dramatically dropped because people can now create full marketing plans. I mean, not saying that they're any good, um, but, you know, because they're scraping the internet for information. So you never really know where it's coming from um, and whether it's coming from, you know, anyone that's actually an expert anyway. But, um, you know, with all of the information that's out there now and that you've got these tools that can create it all for you, I definitely found that that definitely shifted um the space and I think even too people were really like coursed out and DIY'd out in 2023 like I feel like Mm -hmm. a lot of people were kind of they wanted more help um in terms of learning how to physically do things themselves but they didn't want to actually have to do a lot of the learning they were kind of a bit tired of doing all the all the work um Mm -hmm. I think they just wanted like the quick wins or the quick you know the quick fixes or they wanted someone to do it for them um but that's what we kind of found in 2023 in terms of people were just I guess like coursed out from from that COVID period where everyone was Mm -hmm. doing every online course possible and then digital products also took a bit of a dive um yeah with the rise of chat GPT that's something that I found but I don't know Katie if you had anything else that you wanted to find Yeah, I totally agree with all those things. The only other things I was going to add is just some of the metrics that we have been tracking, you know, for ourselves and for our clients off the back of people commenting, liking less. What are some of those metrics that can sort of give you a fuller picture of your engagement, especially on Instagram? So definitely looking at things like you can actually go in and see how much reach your posts are getting. So how many people are seeing your posts? And what percentage of them are followers and what percentage of them are people that don't follow you. You can also see the breakdown of whether those people are coming from your reels or your posts. So we find it actually changes a bit, but often you'll find, you know, say, for example, on Instagram, what it looks like most of the time is that your reels content will probably get you in front of more people who don't follow you already, um, which is really interesting, whereas your posts might be seen more by people who already follow you. But then you just want to look at your followers as well and see, okay, if I'm getting in front of all these new people, are they actually following me? Um, And if they're not, maybe you want to have a call to action in your video somewhere or in your post that's like, follow us for more content like this, et cetera. Um, Another thing you can look at that's really good is just how many shares you're getting. Like Hayley was saying, we don't really like tag our friends in posts so much anymore people will probably tend to share them or even screenshot the post and send it to people which unfortunately we can't see but just keeping in mind that people are doing that so don't freak out too much there's so much lurker engagement that you'll never see that's still going on um and your saves as well so using that as a call to action rather than comment or like it's save this post for later. And we get that a lot with anything really educational we share. That's like breaking down a topic that people want to remember, or they want to remember it as an idea for later, or they want to remember what our services are for when they are ready to work with us. So that's a really another good one that you can do um, as well. And yeah, just don't forget about your lurkers because I can't tell you how many times we've got a lead this year and they've said to us, um, you know, we always ask them, why'd you come to us? And they say, oh, we've followed you for ages yeah, and yeah. we're finally ready to work with you. And every single time those people 
like they're not necessarily the ones I recognize that always comment or always DM us, but they're watching and they're following, uh, even if they don't engage. So just yeah. remember they're out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And looking at anal- analytics and all the, the other analytics that we don't normally look at, I think is so good. I do want to ask about let's, you know, Instagram always rises to the top. I do want to ask about LinkedIn and TikTok. Because I feel like they both, for me maybe, or in my circles, had a bit of a surge this year. So what have you seen in that space? It's actually been really interesting with LinkedIn. It's becoming a lot more popular again Gen Z audience because they're finding LinkedIn is a kind of a more wholesome platform where they feel safe. They don't feel like there's cyberbullying or toxicity or a lot of, you know, hate speech or things like that. And they're really, you know, sick of that on other platforms, particularly say, for example, Facebook or Twitter at the moment. So they're coming to LinkedIn as kind of a safe space where they feel comfortable and they feel like that's how social media should feel. So that's been an interesting trend that we've seen. Um, I've been using LinkedIn a lot more personally, and I would say, yeah, definitely use it as your own personal profile as well. Like company pages are awesome, especially when you're a bigger organization and you want to use it to attract talent and things like that. But for the general small business owner, like just use it for yourself personally, post from your own profile. And again, if that feels a bit scary, just start by engaging with people. You'd be surprised how much you get out of it just from leaving meaningful comments. And what I love about LinkedIn too, is you can follow like quite relatively well-known mm-hmm. famous people and they don't actually get that many comments on their posts. So it's not that hard to just like leave a thoughtful, meaningful comment and like be noticed by that person or get a reply. And if you do it often enough, they're going to remember you and, you know, eventually check you out and, and connect. So there's so much opportunity on there. I love LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm sort of, I'm just dipping my toe back into the LinkedIn waters a little bit. I still find it pretty boring, but, <laughs> but I'm like I'm gonna like you know be be there. Yeah, that's yeah. It. I'm probably more of a TikTok person myself. I'm definitely not quite on the LinkedIn train, but I I'm completely recognize its power. I think I get like imposter syndrome every time I go on LinkedIn, and then it stops me from from posting. But um, I definitely feel much more comfortable on on TikTok, which is like yeah, and the other. That has been really interesting this year, I think, um, with the shift we've seen on TikTok this year with more really raw and real content and anyone, there was one, there was someone who said it on TikTok and I don't remember who it was, but they made a really interesting point earlier in the year that so many Instagram famous or Instagram popular people were coming over to TikTok and talking like everyone knew who they were. And expecting that everyone would just, that that audience would just translate over and that, you know, everyone would just off the bat want to listen to their story and, and their expertise because they knew who they were. But they basically had to build a whole new audience and talk to this audience as if they didn't already know them and start building that relationship again. And I think that's been a really interesting lesson to learn throughout this year because we have noticed that the rise of certain people who weren't that big on Instagram but have really made it big on TikTok because yeah. they've their personalities have kind of really come through strong um, and they've been a really relatable, much more um, raw and not as polished version of themselves, which um, obviously Instagram is, uh, and much more like vlogging and behind the scenes and kind of um, storytelling content. And uh, it's much more sort of brand uh, brand focused and sort of um even just more of the like the the person behind the brand mm. rather than focusing on the brand as a whole, um, which we found really interesting to watch as well. So yeah, TikTok's been really interesting um, to watch evolve because it's just it keeps changing. But yeah, I love it. Yeah, I'm I fell into the TikTok hole this year, and I've been trying. I'm just and my listeners already know. I'm like I'm still trying to figure it out. I'm like I show up, I do some videos. I'm like maybe I don't know. Is that <laughs> let's see what happens there but I do love I know somebody was sort of saying like on TikTok it feels very much like you're on FaceTime with somebody like you're on FaceTime with a friend it's very raw it's kind of just like you know handheld and it's wherever they are and that sort of thing and and I think that that is what I I do love about it so 
Um, I do find it probably a lot more interesting. I don't know. I don't read a lot on Instagram. So, uh, so you know, reels with a lot of text or, I don't know, caption heavy or even images like carousels with a lot of content. I'm just like, no, like, tell me, tell me about it. Like I would much rather. And so it's been interesting to see, obviously, Instagram, you can now post, I think, is it up to 10 minutes? Like the reels they've now made a lot longer. I know they three minutes. To. Yeah, definitely. They want to, but it hasn't it hasn't come out yet. But I think they I think they someone spotted them testing it. So I'd say it probably won't be long before it happens. Mm. I think I've got it. Oh because <laughs> yeah. I took a video that I had on TikTok that I think was three, four, maybe five minutes, and I just uploaded it to Reels and it uploaded. So didn't uh, cut off at the end because it usually uploads, but it'll cut cut off at the oh, end. Oh, interesting. I'll have to go and check. Wow. I feel like anyway, well, I'll have to go check. But I was yeah. like, oh, this is interesting. Um, because I saw them or heard them talking about it. With TikTok, is there anything? Because that's where I see your updates. So I'm following, I'm <laughs> like every time, every time you're giving like an update on what's happening, I'm like, that's where I'm seeing it. Uh, is there anything that you think like in 2024, as far as TikTok goes for my listeners that we should be thinking about when it comes to using it as a platform and building like a community and brand on there? I think the big takeaway that we've seen from what's going to come on TikTok um, in 2024 is just finding what makes you really unique and taking your own personal um, stance or your own personal, um, I guess, flavor on whatever it is that you're you're going to try and be known for on the app. I think that um, a lot of people have been doing, you know, the get ready with me and the the same sort of um talking style videos for quite a while now and they're working really well but I think it's going to get oversaturated as more and more people are trying it and getting comfortable and practicing it so I think it's probably just going to be really important to find that what you want to be known for and what it is that you know works really well for you and what your audience want from you and what you know is actually going to funnel them through to need to work with you as well um, and focus on that. But the main thing I think with TikTok as well is not to sell on there. So I think more people um, that go in there with the purpose of trying to sell are flopping and those who are just going on there and talking about their audience's pain points or giving a really good story um, are doing really well. Those that are giving value on the app are doing really well and going in with a low expectation from the app as well. So kind of like Katie said with Instagram, not going in with, you know, I'm going to drive 10 leads a month from, from TikTok because it gives you that out of pressure and I think it comes through really clearly on the screen when you're exhausted and you're stressed and you're showing up on camera because you feel like you have to and you know you hear all this advice that you need to film three things a day and you know I think you just have to find a way to show up that's like consistent for you and um you know be able to give that energy that you need to show up the way authentically in the way that you want to as well and just pick that niche pick that topic that you really want to be known for and, and kind of stick to it and I think that's probably Probably my biggest tip. I don't know about you, Katie, if you've got anything else you want to add to that. Yeah. The only other thing I was going to say is, you know, don't forget that TikTok is, you know, quite a different vibe to Instagram Reels. So we still do repurpose a lot of our content just to test and see what works well and what platform. But it was really interesting when I, when we did our monthly report last month for OMD our best performing TikTok was our worst performing reel and our best performing reel was our worst performing TikTok. And it was a difference of like tens of thousands of views between one wow. and two. So even, you know, potentially think of, I would say a lot of TikTok content that does well, it's almost more of a similar vibe to like Instagram stories in that yeah. it's very real life, not overly curated compared to Instagram reels, which can be a little bit more, you know, polished and curated. So think about it like that. And the other thing too, is just, if you're feeling like you don't get TikTok, just spend a little bit of time. Like the, honestly, the easiest way, like the best way you will get across it is just spending that time using yeah. it. Not saying you need to sit there for three hours, like wasting time, just scrolling, but actually following people who do well on TikTok and make sure you follow people that you just, 
like don't just follow people you know, especially if they're people maybe you've connected with on Instagram, they do well there, but their content might not be doing so well on TikTok. So actually go out, find people in your niche that are relevant for you to follow that are doing well on the app and see what they're doing. That's going to be the quickest way for you to just get a feel for what's working. And, you know, don't just go on your friend's page and scroll through the people you're following, but actually go on your For You page and that recommended Mm. content as well, because that's what's going to show you what works on the app. So I find for me, that's the easiest way to just see examples and make sure that I'm across what's working and, and keeping in line with that personally. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree. Like I've found some people that talk about some of the stuff I talk about, they're very different to me. But I'm kind of the videos where I really like their style. I'm like, I could totally do that. Like that feels natural to me. Mm. Like it's not like overproduced. And the one thing that I just can't get my head around is like videoing for a whole day, like where I am and what I'm doing and then putting it together later. I'm like, when I'm out, I'm not like the, oh, I need to quickly capture that. Um, So just finding people where they just sit and talk and I'm just trying to understand like what keeps me engaged. Like what are they doing that I really love? What are they, how are they doing it? So I'm trying to, I guess, you know, reverse engineer it a little bit uh, to, I guess, understand, yeah, the style that that works or that I feel really engaged with, with something that I feel I could probably do. So it's just funny though. I'm just like, why is it taking me so long to get my head around this? Like I do stories every day. I feel totally comfortable on video. This should be my jam. But yeah, there is definitely a different vibe on there. It's a whole different app. Like it's honestly just a whole nother. Like I spend so much time thinking about it and trying like every video. Like I'll upload. Is it your Roman Empire, Haley? Yeah, honestly, it is my Roman Empire. (laughs) Figuring out TikTok is my Roman Empire. (laughs) I will, some days I'll message Katie and I'll be like, if you see like three of the same video, just ignore it. Um, I'm just, sometimes I'll just like, I'll even do like a slightly different like pitch or I'll do like, I'll do like a more formal, formal way of speaking versus like um, a more relaxed way. And then I'll literally just test that. So like I'm always just on there just testing different things and I'm like I will crack you I will work you out <laughs> so high five Haley. I'm right there with it I'm like I'm gonna get this I'm gonna figure yeah. it out I'm gonna get it I'm gonna make it work <laughs> yeah because we do we have some that'll go like mega viral um and then we'll have some that'll get like 50 views or some that you know we'll get 200 or 300 views and I'm like can you not can you just give me just give, keep it. I don't want to go viral every time because nobody, the idea of actually going viral is not as great as it sounds because yeah. a lot of the time it's not the kind of people that are actually going to buy from you. Yeah. But we just like to have like, you know, a decent amount. Feels constantly, good. You know, just like, you know. <laughs> Feel like you got something for the work you did. Yeah. 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 But I, it's one of those things, I guess, it's just a lot of testing. And like you said, like you've got to find what suits you because I, Katie and I had this conversation all the time where, I might try and film something a certain way and it might take me hours and I've just had to say to her, look, I just, I can't do this. Like it's taking me hours because I feel so uncomfortable and so unnatural speaking this way that it's just coming across like that and I'm having to redo it all the time. Whereas I'm much better off with like the digital updates, which I can smash out a week's worth of videos in an hour or two because for me holding the camera and just quickly talking about the updates is much more natural to me um than like you said you know the the um you know come with me for a day and watch what I do in a day I just sit on my computer cross-legged and I, I look at like click up most of my day like nobody needs to see you that you should just my take lots needs- of videos of that and then put it together and just be like <laughs> yeah, this is what like- I did all day <laughs> Occasionally, like, I pick my dog up and, like, I play with my dog. Like, nobody needs to see that. So I feel like it's just, like, finding out what, you know, what suits you and your style and what you're comfortable with and what you can do consistently, like what you can do without draining the life out of yourself. That's still, like you said, your audience still want to watch too. So Yeah. I reckon that could go viral, though, Haley. I think that would. Me sitting there looking at up. There'd, there'd be so many people just going, yes, that's exactly what my day looks like. <laughs> I love it. All right, cool. So what else? God, that makes me laugh. Uh, What else do we need to be thinking about when it comes to our strategy, social media, all the platforms, not all, but I guess how are you thinking about it as far as, you know, I feel like Instagram, TikTok and LinkedIn are probably three that I'm looking at for sure. How are you planning for yourselves and for your clients as far as what's coming in 2024? 
Yeah, there's probably two main high level things that I would say just with any social media platform is just don't forget that at the end of the day, like there's so much that you can do on the app, like with your engagement strategy, with DMs, with what you're posting, and that's awesome. But the biggest thing that's going to impact your growth and your results is actually what you're doing offline. So how amazing is your product? How amazing is your service? What events are you going to? What events are you speaking at? What podcasts are you showing up on? Are you in the news? Those are the things that are actually, yeah. (laughs) Trying to get in the news, Katie, yeah. These are the things and it doesn't have to be, you know, a current affair or anything crazy, but, you know, getting in local media, whatever it is, the more relevant you are offline, the more relevant you're going to be online as well. So don't underestimate the power of that with your growth. That's something that's going to make a really big difference for you. The more collaborations you can do, et cetera. Um, that's all something that's going to make a really big impact because at the end of the day, if you look at any brand or public figure or individual that has a big social media following, yes, sometimes it is purely just from what they're doing online, but that is rare. It's like a very special accounts that sort of do that. And it takes, it's a full-time plus job. So if you're, you know, a small business owner or even a marketing manager may be listening to this, Just remember, like, if your brand is relevant offline and you're doing cool stuff, that's all going to help your social media growth as well. So don't underestimate that too. And I think the other thing I would say is, you know, whatever platforms you're doing, we always say don't rely on just one. Um, You know, less is more. You don't have to be everywhere. You can just focus on, you know, those two or three that are actually relevant to your audience that suit your style of content that you know you're going to be comfortable making and showing up and that your audience actually wants to see from you um, as long as yours kind of spread across a couple of areas. So if, God forbid, something happened to one of them, you have a backup there. And just remember that it's only part of your marketing strategy too. So you always need a way to drive people off of there onto your website, onto your email list, even if it's just getting them to your DMs to click on a link or something like that um, is really important. But yeah, I think for us too, even just as an agency, a big part of it is we're always trying to keep our clients really involved with their content. So even if you know, you do have someone that's taking it off your plate and doing it for you, still make sure that you're, you know, really partnering, you're giving them that information and that insight that they need, but from your customers, giving them that feedback, all of that goodness, we're sort of really pushing a lot more regular, like doing feedback surveys and things like that to really get those insights from our customers, customers, so that we can um, keep all of that in mind with the content we're creating. And yeah, just remember, like the more you can show up as well on behalf of your brand or even get your team to show up and really be a face of the brand. um, That's something that's always worked really well, but it is going to be still be important. And I think Hayley, you shared a really good point around UGC the other day and how Mm. that's changed a little bit. Did you want to share that too? Yeah, so um, we saw a big rise of UGC, which is user-generated content, um, at the beginning of this year, I feel, where, you know, um, having other people review products and uh, services and give, like, an authentic review is so popular. But it's so interesting. We've almost seen, like, a... Well, we know that the influencer, the rise of the influencer has been on the decline for some time. We know that people don't really necessarily trust influencers anymore. And I feel like UGC is almost going down the same path. I think we we found personally that um, a lot of social media managers decided to call it quits and decide to be UGC created instead, which is really interesting. Um, and I think with that, I think because you are, we're seeing it everywhere, people were losing that trust in it as well. And I think particularly for brands, unless you have a really fantastic product or you have a really well-known product or service that really outshines, um, you know, like its competitors or even just what it's what the actual messaging is um 
to stand out on TikTok, you really need to have a single face of the brand or really well-known um, people behind the brand because people want to connect with people on TikTok. So if you're using user-generated content on TikTok, it doesn't tend to connect as well and people don't. I mean, it works well for the ads, absolutely. The ads are fantastic, but they're another whole beast in itself mm. because the amount of times I've seen it, I've watched an entire TikTok ad before I realized I was watching an ad um, is incredible. But I think in terms of how it works organically is very different. So I think um, how people know that they're kind of being sold to a little bit more now and they're feeling less likely to trust brands that are using a third-party um, review because they do feel like they're less because they're paying for it. Mm. Um, so I guess if you're using it authentically, if you're capturing reviews from customers um, and you can try and get that authentically, then, of course, that's going to be um you know, always going to shine through. But I think with the user-generated content, what makes it so brilliant is when it's not polished, when it's obvious that it's from someone who's tried the product, loves the product, loves the service, whatever it is, um, that's when they work really well. But I think those ones that are just so perfect that um, it's obvious that it isn't a real customer's review, um, they're much better off kept as a form of uh you know, like assets for the actual brand that can be used in a professional sense, whether they're used as ads and, and you know, that kind of thing. I think they're better off used in, in that context. So, yeah, I think that's another, a really interesting shift that we've seen this year as well. And, you know, I would sort of say with the face of your brand, like you can get creative with that too. So like look at Duolingo, right? They don't have mm. a CEO doing that, but they have the owl costume. Like you could have a mascot or Scrub Daddy has their giant sponge as like their product as a costume that they wear and, and film videos. So you can get creative with it as well, but it's just. And even I think um, Red Bull as well, we were talking about the other day. So I think if you've got a really strong, again, a wrong, strong product that has um, people tend to be selling the lifestyle rather than the product or service itself now so in the case of red bull you kind of recognize the product because you recognize the scene you recognize the situation the lifestyle so you associate that brand with that with that lifestyle um so i think if you've got a really unique like entertainment value or you've got a really unique lifestyle proposition that you can show that transformation that people are getting from your brand then like katie said you don't necessarily need to have someone that's the face but yeah you can sort of rely on those other aspects as well so yeah, it's, I mean, obviously, like when I think about that, I think of Brittany Saunders from Fate the Label. Like she's an amazing example of a founder who just like creates a lot of content about random stuff, also yeah. related to the, the, you know, the the brand as well, but where her popularity has really, I guess, skyrocketed the brand and from a retail perspective as well. So she's always a really interesting one. And also um, TBH uh yeah. cosmetics i saw her speak at an event here in melbourne i'd never heard of the brand before and they in the goodie bag they gave us like it's like spot patches my daughter is now obsessed with them um so we're now customers of the brand but also i've then obviously go and check them out on socials and she's been very good as well of creating content that you know is but isn't product related I just, I find it very, I find people very creative. I'm just like, that's very smart the way that they do that. But, um, but so yeah, I just think it's, it is about getting creative, isn't it? I, I think sometimes it's hard for people to think about, well, what am I going to talk about when I'm trying to market when it's not my product? Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. So I think like, I guess examples of where you can sort of do that is like, as Brittany Saunders does, she shows up in all of her videos wearing the fake clothing. So she's always wearing fake. So in the comments, people will be like, oh my God, what's the, what are those jeans? And what's that top? So she's not promoting her product at all, but because she's wearing it, people want to know where it is. And it would be the same as like, you know, the get ready with me. They're telling a really um, juicy story about their dating life or whatever it might be, but they're using products and then they're probably getting paid a tidy sum from those brands to use those products. But again, they're not selling the products in the comments or, you know, they might have a, a link in their bio that links all the products that they're using. So I guess in the way that brands could potentially use that um, for themselves is again, thinking of creative ways to showcase what makes their, their business so special without talking about their business. So I yeah. guess like 
Yeah, it's, it's it's funny. It's hard to without like an exact example, but um, yeah, I think that's that's kind of the trick with TikTok is is selling without selling. <laughs> yeah, but also, I mean, I follow Alex Earl, who is a very oh, yeah. young it girl. But I think the really interesting thing is that she says some pretty dumb things sometimes, but she totally owns it. She is very gorgeous and kind of just out of university and all the rest of it, but deals with a lot of acne and has been very like open about that. She posted a video the other day. She got like 6.1 million followers, a video the other day that's like nothing on social media is real. Like, just so you know, I wear makeup and then I put a beauty filter on, like, this is what my skin looks like, really. And I just think that, you know, like you were talking about before, the younger generations are just quite transparent. I'm not going to say very, I don't know how transparent they are, but I think that a lot of people are a lot rawer, a lot more real. Um, And I think that there's, I don't know, there's an element of respect there because you're kind of like, you know, that's not beautiful and it's not filtered and it's not, you know, always put together. And it just kind of makes you kind of feel like they are being authentic. And so I think it's just interesting to see the different types of creators and brands and what they're doing um, and bringing that fun authenticity to to what it is that they're creating, which does, I think, build trust and help to build their brand um, in just a better light. I think yeah, and I think such a big part of it too is it probably just stems from like people are holding brands so accountable now, like Hayley was saying earlier. So, you know, if you're not telling the whole story, like people will be very quick to rip you down in the comments or try to expose what it, you're really doing or that it's fake yeah, or whatever. Yeah. So you kind of have to really get ahead of it and there's, yeah, no room for <laughs> smoke and mirrors or right. being dishonest about anything because consumers will will really call it out um so that's probably a big reason too (laughs) yeah so good anything else that we need to be thinking about anything else that we need to be planning for so we've sort of talked about a couple of the different platforms obviously having like your um offline marketing strategy which I'm like all in on in 2020 I'm like back to events back to speaking, back to creating more community. And I think that that's like my word for next year is community and just what in all of our strategies and everything that we do, how are we putting the community at the center of what it is that we were doing? Because I feel like that's where the business started and we kind of lost that over COVID and all the rest of it. Um, So coming back to that, is there anything else we need to be thinking about? Um. I think email marketing is still just as important as it has ever been, but I think you have to work a lot harder now to get people's email addresses. So they are basically, it's like currency now because they are getting absolutely spammed. Um, You have to work a lot harder for that email address. Um, And I think that unless you've got a really good offer or you've got a really good lead magnet, something that's really hot that they are going to want to sign up for your newsletter um, or your, you know, your email list. You're not going to be able to get people to move over to your email list. And we have always talked about this and it's never going to change, but you really should be moving people over to that platform that you that you own because, you know, as we've seen for Instagram, it's not always the most reliable and, you know, you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. So we will always recommend focusing on email marketing and making sure that you've got really good workflows set up so that you are nurturing your clients um, or your customers along their journey as they're ready to buy from you or book with you. But I think also now, again, bringing back to that conversation earlier about AI and, and ChatGPT, it's, again, so easy to get information from the internet now that if you're going to be creating, you know, checklists or freebies or, you know, all those little bits and pieces that people used to create now, they almost need to be like a very high value item that you're willing to give away for free because people can get them so easily now on the internet and they are everywhere. So it either needs to be something actionable that they can do right away, whether it's like a webinar, whether it's a challenge, whether it's, um, you know, an audit, like a little checklist that they can do, they can take away and audit and do, do themselves. It almost needs to be something that they're going to get like immediate value out of. Um, and it's from an area of your expertise 
because otherwise I feel like there's just too many. It's so oversaturated and they you're just another person in their inbox that they're probably going to unsubscribe or delete from. So you do need to really work for that. Work for that sign off a little bit harder than you used to have to. Um, so that's probably my, Katie's the email marketing queen, so she might have more to add to that, but that's probably my other observation. <laughs> yeah, I know. I fully agree with all that. And the, the other thing I would add is, you know, don't sleep on things like, like many chat we were talking about before, but also SMS marketing alongside your email marketing is probably where you'll sort of get the open rates and engagement that you might've got from emails, you know, 10 or so years ago, because a lot of brands just still aren't using it yet. So definitely look into those things as well. If you feel like your audience would find those valuable um, and give those a try too. Two really big, more just things happening in the digital marketing space next year people should definitely be aware of is that in February, we posted about this the other day. So there's a post um, on our Instagram that you can go and find. But basically, uh, there will be new sender requirements coming through for Gmail and Yahoo in February 2024, which means um, you need to do this thing called DMARC, D-M-A-R-C. So you can Google that. Uh, but basically it's just like a uh, authentication step so that you can continue sending emails to those Gmail or Yahoo inboxes. And if you don't do it, you're going to be much more likely to go to spam or your emails won't get through. So that is a really important thing I would be checking out and just making sure you've actioned it. We're going to be organizing it for all of our email marketing clients so they don't have to worry about it. But if you do send emails, and if you're not, you should be, um, definitely make sure that you organize that for yourself before Feb um, if 2024. The other thing too, just to throw a real spanner in the works is in late 2024, Google Chrome is going to be basically blocking third-party cookies in the browser. So what that means is a lot of things like uh, you know, Google Analytics in tracking in the past or the Facebook pixel or similar forms of tracking like that rely on those third-party cookies to work, but they are going to be slowly being phased out and we won't have as much access to that data as easily as we did before for things like retargeting ads or tracking who's been on our website, et cetera. So that's just another reason why it's extra, extra, extra important to be using something like email and SMS marketing or like ManyChat if you haven't already. And those channels are amazing because you get what we call like zero or first party data. So rather than having to rely on getting data and using data that's owned by say Facebook or Google or whatever, you've got this list of customers that you own with this information about them and you can talk to them directly. And that is just like so, so invaluable in your business. So if you need a little bit more motivation to get that strategy, <laughs> there you go. That's another reason you should do it. Um, if you saw a big change, I think it was around 2021 when the iOS 14 updates mm. came in. If you saw a big drop in your results, then this is going to be a similar thing again, potentially worse. So just be prepared for that. Make sure you're using a few different channels. Make sure you've got your great website. You've got email marketing strategy in place and you'll be in a really good position. Um, to go forward, but that's probably the other thing I would keep wow. in mind. It's like just that's just the other thing that we <laughs> Yeah, by the way. Um... Yeah, by the way. <laughs> Unbelievable. Okay, cool. I've got one more question. Have you got time? Yeah. Yeah. Ads. So obviously we've talked about having our offline strategy. We talked about socials. Uh what about our paid strategy? Like I'm just gonna say it, Hayley, are ads even still working? Yes, they are absolutely working. <laughs> I'm just being facetious. <laughs> Again, I say it on I say it on TikTok all the time. I'm like, anyone who said ads are dead just don't know what they're doing. <laughs> so what do we need to think about? Yeah, for our paid yeah. ad strategies. There's probably a quite a few things that have shifted for us this year that are going to continue to be relevant. So again, like off the back of, you know, the iOS changes and things that have happened recently with 
you know, platforms, particularly platforms like Facebook, having less data to work with. We're definitely finding broader audiences are generally working better. So don't overthink your targeting and don't try to get too overly specific about trying to add a million different interests in when you're creating ad audiences. Sometimes it is better to go, you know, relatively broad, like just put in the things that you absolutely need. So, you know, if what you're advertising is only relevant for a specific location, gender, age group, whatever, pop those things in. You can pop in a couple of interests that are really um, relevant, but don't go too specific um, because at the end of the day, you do have to trust the machine a little bit and just let the platform do its thing because, Honestly, a lot of the targeting actually happens behind the scenes and you don't have any control over it whatsoever. Like the platform's still going to go and show your ad to the people it thinks are most likely to take action for mm. you anyway. So I'd say don't overthink that. And one thing you'll hear a lot of people talking about is like targeting with your copy and targeting with your creative. So in other words, just making sure that the words in your ad and the images or video in your ad are just so relevant and directly call out your audience and just instantly make your audience go, yes, that's me. That's the problem I'm having. That's the solution I need. If you can do that in your ads, again, the algorithm, the platform you're advertising on is going to do its thing and it's going to show your ads to the right people. So I would think of it sort of from that perspective too, when it comes to targeting and copy and creative um, and think a bit broader with your strategy as well. So again, like it's, not necessarily always about using your ads as a place for the conversion to happen, especially if you have a kind of product or service where it's a longer sales cycle. Ads might actually be more effective as part of your, like the top of your marketing. Mm. So getting people to find you, getting them onto your email list, um, they can be really awesome for that. You know, if you find that they're not necessarily something that's effective for you to make the sale use them that way to expand your audience. And remember too, like there's so much I could say about this, but ads just amplify what's already happening in your business. Yeah. So, you know, if you've got an offer that's not already working, go and tweet that and make sure that you've got something that actually converts and that's relevant for your audience. Once that's sorted, then you're in a good position to use ads to amplify, get in front of more people and sell more. So yeah. does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it's just, yeah, it's like just looking at next year, it's kind of like, okay, where to spend time, where to spend budget, those sorts of things um, with, yeah, feeling like the market's shifted a bit as well. So that's been super helpful. Thanks, ladies. Really appreciate it so much. So much stuff. Anytime. Thanks for having us again. We love coming and talking on here. I know. It's so it's good. It's our favorite topic. <laughs> I know. It's great. And I mean, we, yeah, you're in it every day. So, mm. you know, we sort of see surface level with some things or we're like testing and trying different things, but it's always good to, I guess, just be reminded that Instagram is not a marketing strategy. Like that, yeah. I feel like that. It's like, what do you do for marketing? I post on Instagram. There's so much more that we need to do. There's a whole cycle that needs to happen. And yeah, definitely thinking about like what we're doing at that top, middle and bottom of funnel um, is essential as well. Yeah. And if I can just like leave you with one final thought, I feel like I want to say if you're blaming any social media algorithm for your business not doing well, the problem is not the social media platform. It's your business. So just sorry. I like, sorry, not sorry. but that's just the truth. So yeah. yeah, don't get too caught up on that. Just go back to the bigger picture and you'll find it much easier. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I just think we've got to get creative. I think we've got yeah. to stay. I think that people get stuck or, you know, just when things change and they're like, oh, but now I've got to figure it out. I'm like, I feel like it's our business is always going to be like that. Every yep. year, every other year, things are going to change. Market evolves, platforms evolve, your customer evolves. Like it's just how it is. I feel that. like we're constantly seeing in like Facebook groups, people are always like, oh, you know, my reach is dead. I think I've been shadow banned. And we're like, oh, 
like it happens every single year and it's like no like what do you like have, when was the last time you went and looked at your analytics and actually saw you know when was the last time you went and looked and to see if the, the content that you're posting is even relevant to your audience if if, if it even is you know if, if it was ever popular with your audience when was the last time you went back and had a look at what your most engaged posts were what your most like clicked on posts were what was the last time you actually went and dug into your google analytics and mm-hmm. checked out how much traffic instagram is actually bringing to your website versus email marketing versus every other platform you know like those sorts of things that people get so like bogged down on my hashtags aren't working and they they you know they just they forget the big picture and forget that there are more important things um than hashtags and you know um that it is always evolving but the fundamentals will always be the same if you're looking at you know what has worked trying to recreate what has already worked, thinking of, you know, what your audience wants from you and trying to produce more quality content that solves a problem for them, um, then, you know, you're always going to perform a little bit better than last time, but it's always just, you know, testing and trying and, yeah. I love it. So, so good. Amazing. Well, for my audience that don't know you or haven't come in contact with you, where can they find you? But also let us know, like, what are you doing with clients? Like how can people work with you? What's your magic? Yeah, amazing. So you can definitely find us. We spend most of our time on Instagram or TikTok. So you can just find us at ohmydigital, O-H-M-Y digital. You can also find our website through those channels as well. We work with clients one-on-one and we help with everything from Facebook ads, Google ads, we can manage your social media content, email marketing management as well. So love helping with all of those things. We work with a lot of clients every single month to manage and take all of that off their plate and help them get better results. So we're basically a plug and play marketing team ready to go, which is really cool. Um, Otherwise, you can also work with us once off. We do our digital marketing playbook, which is a 12-month marketing strategy, or you can start by just booking in a one-on-one call if you want to quickly brainstorm and put a bit of a plan of attack in place for your business and get some initial advice. So yeah, we'd love to hear from you if you need a a little help in that area. (laughs) So good. I love it. I'm obsessed with strategy sessions at the moment. I'm like booking them in left, right. And so I'm like, I need that. And I need that. And it's like, I go shopping (laughs) and I'm like, what do I need right now? I'm just like, I just need like 90 minutes or two hours or whatever of just like a deep dive, answer all my questions, get me sorted. And then I'm off. So Katie's the best at them. She's so good at them. People always walk away feeling like they've accomplished like way more than they ever could. Thought they could in an hour. Like she's so good. So amazing. So, so good. Yeah. We're all into strategy sessions right now, Mm -hmm. but, um, so good. Well, ladies, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. I absolutely love this conversation. I think like, I need to go back and listen to it, make some notes, have some thinking time with it, but I'm excited for 2024. Yeah, I think 2023 is in the bin, to be honest. And I think it can only go up from here. Like, I feel like 2024 can only be better. And I feel like it will be better for everyone. (laughs) Yeah, I was, I was saying my 11 year old is like, this year's been so mid. I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, I think it's been mid as well. Not loving it. So I'm excited. But yeah, we will share all your links in the show notes. Make sure that you go connect with the amazing ladies, Katie and Haley. Thanks, Well, I hope you had your notepad and pen. You can always go back and re-listen to it because there were some amazing tips and such juicy things to help you to really shine in 2024. So I hope you enjoyed that episode. Make sure that you share it with your community and followers if you enjoyed it and got some value out of it. And also be sure to subscribe and leave a review and we will see you next time on the podcast.